and welcome to the Shia tonight, Motzah Shabbos Breishis, a gesunter winter, and um, start off with the dedication. It's been dedicated by Pinchas Rebin, Mazel Tov for your recent Yem Haladas on Zach Tishri, Leilich Yom Rishon Tovis, and in merit of Shnir Zalman Ben Sar Shoshana, amongst all the Yiddish Chayolim who are standing on guard for Am Yisrael in Eretz HaKodesh, that they should all be safe and carry out their missions with safety and come home safely. And we should be see Sati Sholem Be'oretz, Ashchavtem Ve'ein Macharid. Let's go into our first question for today. It's really not a halacha question, but it's something which has been on my mind a lot recently um, about the whole creation of Odom and Chavo. Where you have two story, two versions in the Gemara, whether it was whether Odom was created doi partzufin, created two faces back to back, or that Chavo was just a lower part of, of the body of Odom. And then was separated and created, formed into another uh, body. Either way, the question uh, begs is why did Hashem create the human species in this two stage form, in addition to the two stages of creating first off the body from the Ophram in Hardomo, then the breathing into a spirit of life, which is also, I believe, unique for Minha Odom, but the fact they created first the male, or first the Odom, and then created, then put a whole procedure of putting him to sleep, and then separating, creating, what was the purpose for that whole exercise? That's That was the question which bothered me. And what you have on the screen is from Rabbeinu Bachaya. Similar ideas also I see also in the Alshech, and they say the following, that other other species, yes, there's a male and there's a female, but each one with the cow eats grass and the bull eats grass, and they have children, they have offspring together, but they don't have a care for one another. There isn't that feeling of of the, of oneness between the pair of that species. And this was the achievement of this whole exercise that that the, the man should feel that his wife is part of him. She will feel that he is she is part he, he is part of her or whatever. They'll, they'll feel that one that that unity, the feeling that that unit, because originally they were one unit, and that gives the the human being that the natural uh, feeling of a of a of a, a, a feeling of oneness of, of of closeness in mind with their spouse that's that's the result of the fact that they were created physically as one unit let's move on so someone asks me about the uh, in many in, in Swedish communities after Mairiv, before Oleinu, there is a, sh- a Shir Hamalus. 
and is asking why don't why don't we say it? So, and he gives me a reference to the Rambam. This is as you can see on the screen. It's in Perik Zion Halochi Ches. It's the last Haloch of of, of Perik Zion. He talks about the Seder of Mincha, and also about a bit of Tachron after Mincha. And then he says, and Then you say the Brocha before and after the respective Brochas. Which is interesting. Let's not go into that. And you establish when Esre. So he praises the idea of saying mischanin, to say some supplication, some form of tachnun, after Mairiv. In the tour, in Simin, um, in Simin Reish Lamed Zayin, talks about Mairiv, and then he brings something similar. He's quoting from, I think, Rev Amram Goen. And he writes there, the leaders of the yeshiva in Bovel, going back uh, 1,500 years ago, they were known as the Geoinim. So when the most famous are probably Rav Sadja Goen. But the, so Rav Amram is quoting Rav Sar Sholem Goen. It is permitted to whatever the word is, to prostrate yourself after Mairiv to, and, and to, to um, cautious, etc. Ayyum Metzibur. V'cheyna minig babayiz, b'vesakhne, that's cut off a bit, um, so we're seeing both in the Rambam and in both in the Rambam and in the, the tour, the in of saying Tachnun after Mairiv. So my understanding is that this minagasfardim to say Yishiramalas uh, after Mairiv is a form of Tachnun. It's not they don't put into fields but it's it's some kind of bakosha. Which would there now it's interesting because many of the Bukabalim Asfardim and they 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 bring this minig. They are, even Ashkenazim in Israel, also quite a lot of them are also saying this extra mizmer after Shmanesri before Olenim, because in Israel, the Minagasfardim seems to have been accepted by many Ashkenazim also in, in numerous areas. It's a separate discussion. Having said that, there is a concern about saying saying Tachnun at night. And the reason is because there's a time of dinim and there's a time of chesed and of rachamim. And at night is a time of dinim and therefore it seems to be inappropriate to start challenging the dinim at that time when they've kind of got their, I don't know what chas to use the word, free reign, but there's a certain, that's 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 that time, not to, not to interfere with that time. So this is the background to what we have here in Shechon this is on the Altarebbe's Shechon Aruch and Simon Kuf Lamed Aleph. So that's talking about Tachnun. Ein nefilas apayim balaylo mibtam hayodu ala yoidim. Anyone who knows the Altarebbe's language in the Shechon Aruch, this is a euphemism for al-pikabola. 
in the references they have to the Rekanati, Reb Nachum Rekanati, who was a Makubal. And so this is the, I'm not, not saying Nefilas not to say Tachnun at night. Then he says, therefore, if Mincha, if Mincha spilled over Ad Halailo, don't say Tachnun after Mincha. And then he says about skipping of Inu Malkeinu. And this is because in Nusach Ashkenaz, when Avinu Malkeinu is said, it is said before Tachnun. Therefore, he says, if you have this dilemma, so then skip Avinu Malkeinu in order to be able to say Tachnun before nightfall. Then he goes on. Okay, so meanwhile, I just want to conclude this point that my suspicion is that the reason why the Alter Rebbe does not bring this in the Siddha, although it is mentioned in some of the Siddhuri Hariza, is because of this word of not saying the philosophy in Balayla, not to say Tachanun in Balayla. You know that the Indian of Psuki de Zimra, the word Psuki de Zimra means verses of praise. But we also know that the zimra becomes a lot of pruning. This is brought in, I'm sure it's brought in Kototera, etc. The union of cutting off, cutting off the undesired, uh, undesirable extra growth. So there is a cutting off. This is the tilim is a power, has a power to cut off undesirable growth. And that's that's part of the why we don't say Tilim by night generally. I, Despite I'm saying that, Be'ez Hashem, towards the end of this year, if we have time, we'll say a couple of Tilim because it's an emergency matzu, um, as an exception. But we don't say Tilim by Laila. This has all got to do with this because Balailo, it's, it's this man of, it's Shachas Tadinim, and therefore um, it's not the time to, to, to start cutting away. Now, I wanted to address here, Kevin de Yodon, since we're talking about this. What is the story about saying Tachnun after Shkia? And I believe there's a there's a perception that in Chabad, we hold that you can say Tachnun after Shkia, so long as it's Ben Hashmoshes. Now, I'm going to read this very carefully. Omikol Mokoim says the Altar Rebbe here. This about not saying the philosophaim balailo is only But in during twilight, you can still say Tachnon. Now is skipping from after Mincha. Is skipping now to Chslichis in the morning. Yeah. Now, this is something that <laughs> we don't see it bichlal. Um, but in Slichis, towards the end of Slichis, I'm sure Rabbi Agyalfi will confirm that in their belt, they put their head down at the end by Yema Dovidel God, Rachem Vachanun. In Chabad, we don't do it. And it says there, it is in little words, in brackets, it has the. Uh, the instructions don't have Aleph base because otherwise we would sing, we'd be saying that a part of the Nusach, ain't lipoil. So it's just instructions that we don't do Nefil Zabayim in Slichis. But here he says, Minig Ashkenaz, lipoil alpneim abibalela shmoires, or shmurois, hoil vuhukorivluyem. Now, just think for a second. The day 
Lahalocha begins from Alos HaShachar. This is interesting. The day ends by Tzesachachovim, and according to the Goinim, Tzesachachovim is some uh, 20-something minutes after sunset. The day begins at, at dawn, which is 72-plus minutes before sunrise. So it's not parallel. It's not symmetrical. The beginning of the day, the beginning of Yoim, is from dawn. The end of day is Tzesachachovim, which is shortly after sunset, not 72 minutes after sunset. All right. Now, he says the minig is to say, to say, Tachnun, in Sliches, although it's not Mamish day, but it's Korev L'yayim. Yesh noyagin laharich b'sliches adnochen hayayim. There are those who don't say tachnun in sliches whilst it's still dark until it nochen hayayim until it's clearly day. And only then do they say the philosophy. So here we're seeing that there is a hesitation, even though it's you know that it's after dawn. But you're not sure whether it's mamish, so you don't you don't you wait with the slicha. You know what you late, you wait with you stretch out the slichas. So that the end of slichas, where there is nefilas apayim, is when it's mamish clearly day. In the sefer haminhogim, where it says our minhig of not to do nefilas apayim in slichas, give us a reference to this line over here. Now we don't do nefilas apayim in slichas. Because of the concern of saying slicha, I'm sorry, don't you have me of doing the philosophaim at night, after dawn, before sunrise. So, Lanias Daiti, Lanias Daiti, if you're concerned after dawn, but it's not Mamish day, and you don't say the philosophaim, how much more so you should be concerned by Lilo after after Shkia, because it's already um, it's already you know you're going into Nacht. Yeah, so the, the, for the same reason why it says in Sefer Haminhogim that we don't do nefil sapayim in Slichas, that very same reason should say that we should not be saying Tachnun after Shkia. So. Although the first opinion here is that it's okay to say Tachnon Shkia, but I'm seeing that Lemaisa, we are, the Amin Hogim is following the second opinion, that we are concerned to say Nefil Sapaim by Sofrik Alayla. So that should apply to Amincha the same as, uh, as by, by Slichas. Okay, that's a Maimar Hamuska. Um Yirme is asking, is Zmanas Dinim only until Chatzos Laila? Probably more so, more, more until Chatzos, and that's why. Uh, the Moshe saying till him, etc. After Chatzos is okay. You're right, but possibly there may be Madregas in that. Uh, in, you know. All right, let's move on. So in Yona de Yoima, unfortunately, I'll say the Hayoim people are uh, very anxious, and Or um, Hashem, I mean, uh, what have, all the scares which happened on which were going around about Friday. Baruch Hashem, as we went through um, Ruika hate, um, and as as uh, one person said, that their their kavona is to the kavona of the tzadik neged yemach shemom 
is to make people frightened, to, to demoralize. And we have to have the uh, the strength not to not to fall into that. Koponim, so it's a large city in Europe, and the there's a shliach there, so one of the shluchim is a higher profile, he has a, a bodyguard. But this shliach is not a nat madrege, so he doesn't have a bodyguard, but he was advised to carry with him a piece of uh, either telephone or something in case he sees something uh, happening, he should be able to call for help right away. It's on Shabbos. So, of course, you could say stay home, but that's for sure not the Eitzah. And therefore, he's asking a question, is there a way that he's allowed to carry with him some piece of equipment? So, this is an interesting um, question. I've had this years ago also. And so when you have someone who's a choyle, Rahman al-Islan, who needs to have a medication in case they need it, so then a choyle is allowed to do a melocha de raise shkelachayad. So therefore, a choyle who, let's say, is dependent on, he has to have uh, glucose in case they have a hypo, um, so then they have a bit of glucose in, let's say, in the hat or inside their sleeve, and so then they can go in the street, and in case they need, they have it with them. So that that's that's, you know, but that's because there's a choyle. Then you have the people who are, let's say, hatzola, etc. They may be called for pikuach nefesh. Here it's a bit different. He's uh, he's not a hatzola, and Baruch Hashem is healthy, but just to be able to walk in the street to go to shul. So can he rely on the head of carrying this phone kalachayat? So a very interesting shuv of Rabbi Meshe Feinstein, where he says, he was asked, if you can see the date, it's Tov Shilamites, yeah? They had solo about carrying with them a walkie-talkie. No, the embassies, you could tell the Hatzola guys, listen, you're on duty, so you have to stay home near a phone. You mustn't leave the house. But he says, if we'll do that, then you can expect that the numbers who will, uh, how do you say, join Hatzola will be dropped dramatically. No one wants to volunteer to be uh, grounded for hours on end, even with a rotor. So Rebosha comes with a brilliant idea. He comes up and he says, this, this walkie-talkie to be a member of Hatzol is a chashivas. So like you have, um, you can have an ornament, a medal, which you're allowed to wear because that's an adornment of your persona, your chashiva person. You have to go around with the medal. So to walk around with a walkie-talkie, it's a, a member of Hatzol. So that makes him modem chashiv. So it's a tachshit. A person is allowed to wear a tachshit. So that's he comes up with this idea that they would be allowed to wear their walkie-talkie in a visible way, um, visible, because in this way it's a tachshit, uh, adding to the chashivas. Now that's it's interesting. I don't know whether that is a practical solution nowadays, because nowadays I don't think walkie-talkies are are bichlal, uh, I think they're obsolete now. Now it's, it's phones which you keep in your pocket, so I have to look at other aids. One answer I would say is if you 
if you if you if it's a short walk and you can make a point of never stopping in the Rishul Sarabim, if it's a short walk from your house till the to the shul, let's say, going from Rishul Sayochid to Rishul Sayochid without stopping in Rishul Sarabim, that would be an Isidrabonon, then it would be Isidrabonon Kilachayad. I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure how, how to work that out. Um, I was told that the Hatsola members here at Isidrabon Hill, they would actually um, have one at home and one in shul, but they don't carry uh, equipment with them in Rishul Sarabim. All right, let's move on. A difficult question. Person, uh, um, there's a commode in the in the in the room for someone who needs it, obviously. And the question is from not necessarily the the, the person who needs it, but the other person who's there with them. Are they allowed to say words of Torah and and filler, etc., in the presence of that where that that piece of furniture? So let's read the Shukhan Aruch and Sima Pei Gimel. It's, it's, it's actually in Nisha Zeglad. B'nei Odom, this is the Loshon HaMerachash of the Mechaber, B'nei Odom Shiesh Lehem Safso, Nokuf. The people who have a bench, a seat, a stool, which has an, a, a hole in it, and V'niftin Olav, and they use it for relieving themselves. Mutarikres Kriyat Shema Kenegdoi, it's permitted to read Shema in the presence of that stool. Because the stool itself is clean. And the chamber pot is not there. Plus, the opening is covered with a with a lid. Now, this this is this is the Loshon HaMechaver. And on this on this basis, it seems to be no problem. A commode has got a, a closed lid; it's not a problem. The Loshna Machaber is a source of the Mordechai, and in the Mordechai, it seems to be that he sees this as a base hakisa, and therefore you would have to keep a distance of dal damis from it, etc. And this Mognavram of the Taz, they 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 uh, they challenge the the simple presentation of the Shulchan Aruch, and they are Machmir. So now I'm going to read the, and the Alter Rebbe follows them. Now let's read the Alter Rebbe carefully. So they've got this stool, which is used for relieving. This is the ta from the Taz. So they have little stools for the children, who aren't able to go to the facilities on their own. So then one should have them covered at the time of davening, etc. Or you see him a chedesh mispal or take them out or when you're davening alone. I feel him nekim, but even they're clean. Shekivin shehem yuchodim lifnis aleihem because they're used for. That purpose, it's got the status of besakis. Shafila ain't bet soya, even if it's clean, it doesn't have any soya, because it's but by status besakis. It's also a men adult armies. The fun of kimeloi ain't of minato. Now that's that. That we're basically saying that that piece of furniture, even though there's no trace on it of anything, but still it's got a status of besakis, and it'd have to be covered, or you'd have to go um, um, a distance of dal armies. And if it's in front of you, 
And similarly, we see the Mishnah Bruna after he quotes the Shulchan Aruch, and he says, "Abal Harbi Achroyim Choilkin Olav disagree with the Shulchan Aruch." And they say there's got a din of basic history, Yoshon, since it's here. And therefore, one shouldn't say Shema or Debodavash Bekdusha in its presence. Then, but then he added, all right. So now, my question here is, and we're going to go, what well, we read one more source, and whether the fact that it's got a seat, which is a padded seat, which is, uh, it makes it look like just like a regular piece of furniture. Is that it? considered enough to call it covered. So this, the Mishtabrura refers to this, uh, this is the Der Chachaim. Although it says it's Shara Koilo, that's because in the volume of Shara Koilo, they also printed the Der Chachaim. Um, so Der Chachaim, you have the um, uh, the source, um, it's Simen Chavov, um, Seif Chavov. Safsal HaOsim Nekev, Shom Amidin Geref, even there's a lid on it, still that 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 um, stool has got a dinner base of it'd have to count. If it's really a it's a seat. It's like it looks like a regular chair. And it's got a cushion on it. When necessary, they take away the cushion and then they would use it. Then he says, Then he says it is okay. So my my uh, feeling, I mean, my, my tendency is to say that what's the difference whether the cushion is a totally separate unit or well, the cushion is, is, is hinged onto you know the back of the chair, but it is covered, and that's what he said. Therefore, it's covered. So first of all, first of all, the mechaber says it's okay. But even if you take the it's had hamachmirim, but still you're going to see you see here that if it's covered, it's okay. That if it's covered with a, with a cushion, it's okay. Now you're asking this cushion called the cushion which covers. All right. I think one could rely on on this to say it is adequate. And therefore, a commode which looks like a regular chair, which has got a padding, a padded seat or whatever, which ostensibly looks like a regular piece of furniture, I think it would, it would be permitted to say Shema, etc. in its presence. If one be Mahmoud to cover it, um, that would be more glad, but it could be a big tircha. Person who's taking care of a person who needs such a thing has so many other things to worry about. I'd like to, uh, you know, try to make life easier for them. Okay, let's go on to the next thing. Next question. Chassidim of yesteryear, not so long ago, we um, used to see the mental foot of us, others would take the talus and put it over the front, over the head. And say the bracha, and then take it off and twist it round to the back, and then um, put it round and do atifa, uh, wrap it round. So, why why has this become basically obsolete? So, it's quite an interesting topic. 
Bechlal, I would like to say that uh, with the Atifa, I see people are done, done you know, very relaxed in the, the Atifa. They some some people are, are standing there and talking whilst they're in the middle of doing it. That's what that's you know, but that's another parsha. But just a little, uh, just covering their eyes with it. Just the Atifa is to be, be thrown over the back, the, the left shoulder. Um, and you stay in that position for uh, which is a couple of seconds. And, to, and they say, whilst you're doing so. Um, good, but that's another discussion. But meanwhile, the timing of the bracha. So now we have two lashoynas of the Alter Rebbe in the Shukhan Aruch and in the Siddur. In the Shukhan Aruch, you can see here the Lashon, as you begin wrapping, before you wrap yourself totally, you'd say the brocha In the Siddur, the Alter Rebbe also has Hilchas Tzitzis, and he says you should do the Atifa standing, the brocha should be standing, the Chadchila. You should say the bracha before you begin the atifa. So you got a very, very clear difference. In the Siddur, he says, before you start. In the Shekhan he says, once you start, before you do it completely. So it's, there's a clear, uh, how you say, difference between them. To explain a little bit more the reason, the reasoning behind these two shittas. It's two shittas. We know that there's a concept of every birchas mitzvah should be oiver lasiyoson, should be said prior to the act. I believe I heard from a shver once the idea of machshova diboromaisen. You think about the mitzvah you're going to do, you say the brocha, and then you do the pu'ul, you do the mitzvah. Okay. So that's generally the rule, mitzvahs. I know there's exceptions, but generally that's the halacha. Kol b'chasa mitzvah should be oivalasiyosu. But we don't make the bracha too far removed before. So we won't say the bracha holding the tefillin in the hand. We'll have the tefillin already on the, on the arm, just about ready to tighten. And that's when we say the bracha. Because it has to be oiver and not oiver the oiver. It shouldn't be too far removed before the mitzvah. Here there's a fascinating discussion in Rishonim. Where, what is the mitzvah of tzitzis? Is the mitzvah of tzitzis a parallel to the Avera of Shatnas? Shatnas, if you put on a beged, which has woolen linen, so the second you put it on, you violated the mitzvah of the mitzvah of Shatnas. The parallel to that would be the moment you put on the tzitzis, the garment with tzitzis, you have done the mitzvah. You can take a different approach and say like this. The mitzvah of tzitzis is like this. If you are wearing a four-cornered garment, now you have a duty to go and put in tzitzis. But you're not a violation. The regular you put it on, you have now a duty, but it's not a violation the regular you put it on. There's a mitzvah now to put in tzitzis. A practical consequence of this is if a person came, came, comes to shul on a Shabbos morning and everyone's wearing a talus, is un embarrassed to sit without a talus, the only talus in shul is one which has got postal at tzitzis. 
So in the week, he's not allowed to put it on because he's a vital mitzvah sitzes. On Shabbos, he's allowed to put on the talus. He's saying like this. You're putting it on. Now, okay, go put in sitzes. But Shabbos is on us. He can't, can't put in sitzes. So he's allowed to put on the talus with the parcel of sitzes. Is he embarrassed? Okay, fine. But this is this is this is because this is the thinking here. It's also in the Mordechai, in in in, in uh, Mordechai, I think in Menachos, where the whole suya of tzitzis. But at any rate, this is this is to say that tzitzis is not like shatnas. Tzitzis is a regulator. The mitzvah of tzitzis is a regulator. It's a moment late. As a result, we have here a business of over the over. If you make the brocha before you do the atifa. So then it's over the over. It's two it's two stages before. You haven't even put them on to say, oh now I put them on, we have here to what sits. And that's why the Shekhanoruch takes the opinion that you should, once you've started, before you complete the Atifa, okay, that's when you say the Brocha. For some reason, the Alta now there's a different opinion in Rishonim. Some will hold like the mitzvah of tzitzis is parallel to Shatnas. Who seems to take the view? It's the parallel of of of, of uh, sharpness. But all right, okay. Now let's take a look. Now, so now, what did the Alter Chassidim do? They followed the Siddur. We know that the Siddur was written by the Alter Rebbe after the Shulchan Aruch, and we pop when there's a, a conflict of opinion, we'll follow the Siddur. And therefore, they say since it says in the Siddur to make the bracha before the Atifa, so that's what they did. They made the bracha. With the talus, with the, with the talus over the head, and from the front, so they have two makifim, made the brocha, and then they used to do the atif. Now let's take a look in the hayyim yayim or hey elu, where it says the following: Our custom in wearing a talus goggle, we put the talus goggle on the shoulder, on the right shoulder. Then you're biting the tits. By the way, I'm going to confess. On the second day of Yom Tov, I don't always put it on my shoulder. I, may still, may, may, I just have the, my talus like, like kind of on the table. It's all messed up. Um, so just check it. sometimes I'm feeling very pious. I'll put it on my shoulder also. Okay. Um, then we take the talus from the shoulder. We kiss the, we spread out the talus, kiss the edges of the talus, swing it round from front to the back then you start the once it's on, on your back so the way you get the impression is that you start the brocha when it's already on you from the back but you haven't done the atifa yet and you say the brocha you stretch out the brocha until you're at this point just before you throw it over your shoulder. So it looks like the Hayoim Yoim is a kind of compromise trying to incorporate both the Siddur and the Shukhan Aruch, that you start the Bracha just as you're beginning to wrap yourself. Yeah, or we can say just a moment before, but then you start the Bracha there, but you continue with the Bracha as you are just about to wrap yourself. Um, so I think that's what to my eyes. I all right, so what does it mean? This atif is wrapped around your body, but you haven't thrown it over your shoulders. That could be how it's fulfilling what's written in the Shukhan or in the Shukhan Aruch 
Yaskilis out of Kodemshi is out of the Gamri. It's not totally uh, clear in the Hayom Yom. I know you can argue with me about it, but it certainly um, says that the Broch is not when you have the towels in front of you. That's no question, yeah? That when Minagach Sidim yesteryear would be to have to make the Broch whilst it's in the front. But here it says clearly you swing it round, and then you start the Broch. Therefore, that's now with it. Then he refers to this whole Lomdus, which I've been telling you, the Machlekes, or is showing him with the comparison to Shatnas, etc. This is discussed actually in the Sheiris Yehuda, the Altarebbe's brother. There's two Tshuvas, which seem to be in opposite positions about this. And then the Divrinichemi, who was a contemporary of the Tzemach Tzedek, a colleague of the Tzemach Tzedek. So this whole Lomdus is discussed there at length. But the that's that's the, the background to this whole story. Okay, let's move on. So someone asked me a question. And we know in Gemara it says, Chayole base David, Kola Yotzeh Melemachem is base David, get Krisus Nekoistevli Ishtay. That the soldiers in the uh, the army of David HaMelech would write a get to their wives before going to battle. Um, is why is that not done or not followed nowadays? So, a couple of points about this. One thing is that we have here one of the uh, Davin's very regular in our shul, a beautiful vice, he's the Kadassia or the union um, head of the Gitin department. So, he told me that during the war, Rav Abramsky was in London and there were Yiddish boys who were drafted, you know, Yiddish men who were drafted into the army, to the British army, to go into to Europe. And he did make a lot of effort that there should be uh, at least uh, authorization, a written authorization in Besdin, that they had given permission that in case they do not return after X amount of time, the Besdin should write a get for their wives. And during now, I might get, get the facts right, slightly wrong. The the Bestin's premises was in the East End at the time, and the premises of the Bestin had a direct hit, was bombed during the war. And Rav Abramsky, afterwards, obviously, he made his way to the Bestin. It was very important for him to search through the rubble that there was a safe. And in the safe, that's where they had those documents. And it was it, it was so important for him that those documents are still intact. So that's just an interesting thing that they they made some those boys who drafted into uh, the British Army, those who were conscientious, so they did do something to enable that they were best that the best and would be able to act on their behalf. Then, whilst I was doing search, uh, I came across a long. Um, article by the late, late Rav Goren, and he talks about this, and he said that they don't that, that, that this was once brought up, and the the uh, volunteers to go for to fight, and we're talking about in the in the fifties or the forties, if they would have to write again, they they would be that would be a, a terrible deterrent. They wouldn't want to go. Um, they they weren't ready to do that. So it was like a you know, voluntary uh, army, 
and therefore they 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 didn't didn't agree to do that. But then it's really uh, he has a harrowing report of uh, Gush Etzion. I don't know. Um, I'm sure many of you know the the story of the Gush Etzion, how they were completely surrounded by the uh, by the Jordanians, by the Arab Legion, whatever, and there were there was a terrible massacre there, and. It looks like he got permission. He writes, "I got." He was, uh, he got permission to go in, yeah, with a blindfold. He went into the premises of where it took place, where this massacre took place, to be able to uh, help identify uh, and to be able to permit permit the the wives to uh, to to remarry. But um, just basically, that's that seems to be the Hezbin. That it would be very, uh, very discouraging. And the other thing is that Baruch Hashem um, is honestly um, is honest wisdom, but the ability to identify and to keep track is nowadays so much more sophisticated. And therefore, um, the the need for such a thing is much less than uh, than it was needed in the times of David HaMelech. At any rate, um, it's not done, and Ms. Aldous and as I said earlier, everyone should come home, Bishlamus, in good health. Okay, someone asked me what to do with the old Lulav. So here you have in Simon Tafri Samhadalad, Yesh Misha Oimer, Shahishana Shebelulav. And he refers us to Simachov Aleph. This is that that the article used for a mitzvah, even though you're no longer using it for the mitzvah, still you should treat it with respect. And therefore, you shouldn't tread on it. So the you the old Heshanas and the old the old etc. etc. Um, to treat them with not not to, not to treat them with disrespect. Then we have this is from the uh, the Mechaber Shochanor Simetofer Samar Dalid, and here we have in Alter Rebbe Shochanor Chichas Pesach Simet End of Simetof Mem Hey. He says the following: Yesh Noagin Lisreif Arova Achometz Barova Shechov To Oisibeishan Arab. Now those who have the minhag to use the Arovas from Hashan Arab to use them for burning the chometz. Vishakoldova Shenasa Be Mitzvah Achas Nochan Lasas Be Mitzvah Acheres. Something used for one mitzvah should be it's good to use it again for another mitzvah. Some use the arovas of the lulav um, for the burning for the baking of the matzahs. Um, by the way, if you want to do that, don't keep your arovas in a plastic bag. They'll they'll just become all rotten and, and mushy. You have to leave them. Uh, somehow in a in a dry place uh, to let, let them let them breathe and evaporate and you know, dry out. But it's interesting because the difference here whether to use the arovas for bur- for burning the chametz or to use the arovas for baking matzahs. Arovas the heshanas is kind of a more you know, of, of of getting you know misuk hagvures, and therefore I think that could, could be the reason for using it for for burning chametz, whereas the uh, a lot of us of the lulav is a mitzvah saseh, and therefore the parallel to that it should be used for baking matzahs. Having said both of this, uh, I heard that the Rebbe would not wait for uh, Erev Pesach, 
and at some time during winter it was taken down to the incinerator in the basement of 770 it was burnt to uh, Samazay. It wasn't Afka left till era Pesach. So the key is that you don't, you shouldn't use them in, a, some people use them for, for schach, um, but uh, not to disgrace them. That's the key. It should be, uh, if it has to be disposed, it should be disposed in a, in a, in a bag, in a respectful way. Right. Okay. So now someone asked me why eggs are parev and not fleshik. So it's an interesting question. And what I saw in Cyclopedia Talmudis, he talks about this. And although, so the, the, the question is, if you have a, if you have an egg born from a nevela, uh, if, if you find an egg inside a chicken, um, the, the, the egg is, is, is sometimes is fleshik, Etc. So, why why is it, if the egg can be fleshic if it's found inside a chicken, why is the egg or not or normally why is the egg parav? And basically, he says that really bosor oif becholo is midrabonon. This is bring from poskim that uh, cooking mil, um, meat and milk is written in the Torah and les vashog di bechalevi imoi, but. Um, but um, a, a chicken or a bird to cook a bird in, in, in milk is the Isra Rabbonon. And therefore, they weren't so machmir on, uh, on, on an egg because it's that's one, one step removed because it's the Rabbonon, or because each one has got um, the, the, the meat and milk is more lenient than, uh, than treif in the sense that from a treif a bird, if a treif for a bird legs an egg, so then the trefus will go over to the to the egg also, but meat and milk is only when there's a combination. Until then, it's both of the mamuta. So these are the two reasons given why an egg doesn't have an issue of uh, doesn't have a status of fleshik. Yes, of course, there's a question about that. that what about milk? But that Torah for sure is matter milk and uh, not as fleshik. Yeah, but uh, all right, fine. Um, one. Last question, which we're going to deal with, then we'll say a, a, a bit of Tehillim and we'll say a Tefillah. And that is, someone asked, if it, is a gayer culpable for crimes committed before he or she converted? So, so if a gay smashed a window, but there's a guy and then he's been a guy, does he now not, um, not have to pay? No, I'm a different person. So, one, one uh, perhaps rule of thumb would be the kind of thing which Tshuva doesn't help. A person breaks a window and says, I'm sorry. Comes to Bezdin, he still has to pay. Uh, and if a if a person had done a crime which is high of Mrs. Bezdin, so then he'd still have to uh, have the punishment. It doesn't help if he'll stand in Bezdin and cry and say, I'm sorry, and I'm, I will never do it again. Uh, that would not change his uh, his verdict. So once there's already been a, a psak of Bezdin, on, uh, let's say if a gay had, if a goy had committed a crime, which which is um, warrants capital punishment, and then is megayer, then he wouldn't get off the hook. Um, some things there will be a difference between the the, the verdict for a goy or for a yid that may change, but um, well, that's, that's the general the general psak, that the general guideline that the things which 
are uh, which tshuva would help, then okay. So the, then also geirus is a different person would take away the guilt. But if it's something which tshuva uh, won't t- um, change, so then that liability will remain even after geirus. Someone's asking, what about the esrig? I'm not able to make um, esrig jam. After some time, they shrivel and shrink and become brown. They can be, they've been dead. The truth is that even now you could, yeah, I, I also, it's, it's nice to use, some people use them for, for besomim. Um, emotionally, it seems to be wrong to uh, just throw them away now, but minhadin, just if they're wrapped respectably, they would be able to be binned even now, but certainly once they are uh, turned brown, yeah. All right, I'm going to take a tilim, we'll say a couple of kapitalach of tilim, and then we'll uh, say a mishabeirach filler. We'll say Kalpitl Chof and say Kalpitl Chof. Amaseach is Miladovid. Jan for the Nobir in Soro, Isagev Koshem, Elhei Yakov, Ishlach Ezra Homikoide, Shamitsio in Yisadeko, Yiske Kolmin Chesecho, Velosho Yadachna Selo, Eton of Hochil Vovecho, Sosho Yamale. Ranan of Ishua Seho, Shame Elihin and Nidgail, Imale, Adino Kolmishali Seho, Ati Yodati, Kiashia, Adino Mishihoi, Anevu Mishme Kotshoi, Igvores Yashi Minoi, Ela Varechev, Ela Basusim, Anachnum Shame Adino Hain and Nazkir, Ema Korov and Apollo, Anachnu Kamno Vanis Idod, Adino Yashia, Melachianenu, Yem Kareno. We've been saying after each filler, Hof of Base and Samachtes. Uh, and Kuchnun, Rabbi Lu mentioned today, also to say the Rebbe's capital, which is also very relevant. But one, when we were saying um, this morning, Tilim Shabbos Mavorchim, I found capital Aintes very um, relevant. Um, so also another one, uh, also in uh, in capital Nunches, there's a couple of mentions of Hamas, uh, Hamas Nochosh, Hamas Lomoy, but I'd like to go through capital Aintes, which I feel is um, very appropriate, and then we'll say that the, the filler of the Friday, which, which is attributed to the Friday calendar. Mizmela Osof, Elohim, Gobo, Goyim, Benachel Osecho, Timu Asecho, Kochecho, Somos, Yeshalayim, Leim, Nosnu, Es Nivlas, Avodecho, Machol, Loif, Hashemoyim, Sarchasidecho, Lachaise, or its Shop, Kudomim, Kamaim. Svivesheno, <laughs> Matilino, a hapeer, a hatisano, mashmecho. Lomo yemro, a goyim, a yeleheim. Voda by goyim, the inenu, nikmas dam, apodeho, shafo. Tovel fonecho, encas osir. Kagoyjols reacho, hoiser, benesem muso. Hosheb lishrinenu, shivasaim, elhekom, her possum, a sherher fucho, a denoi, anachnu amcho, the same mariseho, noidelhol oilom, the deva deen sapetilosecho. I got this, came in my direction um, 
this filler, which is a tribute to the Friedrich Rebbe from the times of the war. I'll say each piece and then translate into English as we go one, one piece after the other. May it be your wish, Hashem, the strength of Yaakov, the holiness of Israel, that the Malochim and the angels, uh, positive angels, should bring forth to you the prayers of your, your people and merit of the reading of the verses of the uh, chapters of Tilim, which was said by David HaMelech of blessed memory, uh, in the merit of the prayers of your Jewish your people. You should be filled with mercy for your Jewish, for, for your, the house of Israel, of the base of Israel, those who are broken, who are being tortured in uh, murderous torture, in, in, in starvation, in exile, and in captivity. Our Father, our King, Look at the blood of our brothers and sisters, which has been shed, and may your mercy uh, overpower your anger from us, and may your mercy uh, override the other, the other attributes. Ono ovarachamim, chus varachim al bonecho miyachadecho, v'shmoi oisom beisom v'zara meisono botaino v'zareinu miyad ha'oivim hakom aleinu v'alehem v'aleinu lechaveseinu. Oh, please, Father, merciful Father, have compassion and mercy on your children who, who see you as, as the one deity, um, protect them, their families, their seed, us, our families, our seed, from the enemies who are arising against them and against us to annihilate us. With your great goodness and your, your, your compassion, your kindness, save them and us from all evil and suffering, illness, plague, um, famine, captivity, plunder, from any fear and any pain, and all those who are willfully trying to uh, harm us should be uh, destroyed um, immediately, and all the enemies of your uh, people should be uh, annihilated speedily. Oh, please, Father, compassionate, um, merciful, protect your Jewish people wherever they are. And with your holy name, you should exalt them and save them and because of your great mercy. As it says, Apostle Hashem is a merciful God, and he will not let, let, let loose of you, and he will not destroy you. He will not forget 
the covenant which he swore to our forefathers. Oh, one who is uh, living and always exist, or, or existing, perform for us miracles and wonders in the merit of your, our holy Torah and redeem your people, your heritage, the Israel, the house of Israel, from our enemies, confuse the, the scheming of those who are rising against us, uh, our children, our, our, our sons, daughters, wives, and little ones. Uh, remember your children, your sons and daughters who are looking, uh, anticipating your your salvation the whole day. And may it be before you, before you should, and before your countenance, our suffering, our toil, and see our pain, battle, our, our uh, quarrels, and they should all know that you are the Holy One for our Eden and their Savior. Ono avinu elmo zeno, rachem no aleinu, ve'alkol amcho, ve'chol merchavei sevel. Hokel me aleinu, cholono, yisuri chevli moshiach, v'shlach lono as moshiach tzitkeinu, lekabitz nilcheinu me'arbakan v'sorez, v'ilcheinu kemimis la'atzeinu, v'shom na'avodcho beves elohim, v'shalayim irakredish omen v'omen. Please, O Father, our God of our strength, have mercy on us and on all your Jewish people all over the world and lighten for us the pain of the pangs of Mashiach and send to us the holy, the righteous Mashiach to gather in our dispersed from the four corners of the earth and they will reach and uh, bring us, lead us standing uh, upright to our, to our land and there we will serve you in the house of God in Yerushalayim, in the holy city. Amen to Amen. Don't forget also to add in Stoker, and I wish you all a good avoch, and we should hear the Surah's tapes. Thank you very much. Go ahead, Diane Raskin. Thank you.